0: Welcome back to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I am Letitia Ringe, your host, and it is so exciting to be recording today's episode for you all. We're doing something a little bit different today. I'm giving you kind of a life update. I want to bring you in on what's been happening behind the scenes in my life over the past few months, but we're also going to go beyond that, and I'm going to bring you behind the scenes on my life over the past few years and probably even beyond that. And that's because I've recently made a big decision in my life. And it's something that feels really big to me, perhaps to other people it won't feel so big to you. But to me, this has been a work in progress for so much of my life. And I'm just about to take the first big step to implement this big decision. And I want to bring you all with me because the thinking I have been going through inside my head over the past year consciously and then beyond that over the past like five years unconsciously and beyond that for probably about half my life has all led to this moment and touches on topics and questions and constraints that a lot of us are all experiencing and so even though this feels really, really, first of all, kind of irrelevant to business, and second of all, very personal, I and my mind is getting involved and saying, Who do you think you are? Why are you sharing this? And it's getting all scared because it's going to that next level of vulnerability. I also feel equally so passionate about sharing this because of how much I have been limiting myself in my own life because of my conditioning. So now that's a pretty awesome introduction. Let me tell you what today's topic is all about. We're going to touch on really three topics. The first is travel. The second is romantic relationships. And the third is independence. And I'm actually talking about these in all linked together. It's not separate topics. It's all about these three things together, because these are the three themes that I have been exploring for a very big part of my life and very intensely over the last year, at least, and probably the last few years as well. So first things first, as many of you know, I'm obsessed with traveling. I love traveling. It makes me feel so happy. I love exploring the world. I have an entire list of places I want to go before I leave this planet. I want to see every single place in the world. I love exploring a new place. I love arriving at a new place, doing a walking tour getting to know the area, getting to know the history, meeting people who live there, meeting other travelers who are also enjoying the place there. I love witnessing the incredible beauty that is all around our world. I love how travel puts me out of my comfort zone and how scared I feel in trying, testing out a new language or just not knowing where to go and how things function and how it expands me, how I leave every time with just this new perspective on life. And it's just so hard for my mind to even comprehend how we can have so many places existing on the world. And just, it's just so vast, right? And so magnificent. So travel since I was a teenager, that's as early as I can remember, has been a really big desire of mine. I've wanted to travel and I always wanted to to travel with other people. I was so always just really wanted my friends to come traveling with me. I wanted my partner to come traveling or my family. And I always had that desire to have other people with me. But for some reason, which of course would be part of my sole contract and growth, a lot of the travel that Um, I was drawn to, I was not able to do unless I did it on my own. And so many times I decided not to travel because I was too scared to travel alone, but there were also some times when I did try to travel. So a big theme for me throughout my life in order to travel has been to have enough money to allow myself to travel. And it's so interesting now as I reflect on this, because a lot of you have asked me in the past, how have I had enough money to travel? And I believe if I was talking to my younger teenage self and, you know, early um, adulthood self, uh, I know that she believed that she didn't have enough money at that time. But I can, in hindsight, tell her that she absolutely did have enough money. It was not about financial independence or having enough money. It was always simply about fear. And it's so interesting because I can only really make that link right now. And it's because it's something that I've been able to pinpoint and become aware of because of what's happening in my life right now. So I always wanted to travel, couldn't find people to go with me. So decided I wouldn't go and told myself it was because I didn't have enough money or because I didn't have anyone to go with. And so I kept, you know, um, not moving forward on my travel desires until finally I was about 21 and I decided to go overseas. I was going to go on a big long trip with one of my friends and we'd booked you know, to go around Europe. And I was really excited. We hadn't booked, we'd organized all of the trip and we were about to book. And then he pulled out and I was so upset about that. However, I completely understood. And so because I'd already gone to the extremes of looking at exactly where we would go, what an itinerary would be. And I'd gotten so excited about the reality of, and the the real possibility that I could travel, I guess that that allowed me to then make the decision again to actually go forward and travel by myself. So to do something that felt more safe to me to go international, I decided to travel to the USA and to go via a summer camp. So I worked as a camp counselor in the USA in New York at a camp. um, And it was an amazing camp called Camp Dunnebeck, And it was with uh, children who children with dyslexia. And it was awesome. These kids are super creative. It was a great school, very specialized in what they did. And, uh, and I had the absolute time of my life. Now, before that, I had been on one international trip. And that was when I went to move overseas to the USA, to Oregon in Eugene, to go and live with my mother when I was 14 years old. Now that only ended up happening for one month. So I was over there for one month, but I did move overseas with the intention of living there with my mum. And then I stayed there for one month and then ended up coming back. So that was my only international travel I'd ever done. And we didn't, we didn't go on international trips with my family. Uh, we didn't go on very many trips actually with my family. We didn't really feel like we had enough money to do that. Um, and so otherwise the only sort of travel I did was I would go to see my family um, interstate and I would go as an unaccompanied minor like a couple of times in my life. And I always remember it was so scary, but I was also so proud of myself that I was so brave to go. And that's again how it felt when I went to go live with my mother when I was 14. And I remember I was in the line at the airport and I was chosen to have my bag inspected. And at that time, what they did was open your bag and actually go through everything. And I had everything like vacuumed, sucked, you know, in those vacuum bags. So they had to actually open them and go through them. And then I couldn't fit everything back in my bag. And I was really, really stressed out. Uh, So that was my experience. And I always felt so scared about what could happen when I was at the airport. Would that happen again? Because I had, you know, my family with me at the time, but I was really worried about that happening again and just how stressful that was for me when I, when I did that trip. So that is the only travel I'd had before I was 21. And I decided to go over to the US and work in a summer camp. And so before I went to the summer camp, I went to New York City. So basically, I went to the biggest city of all, which my sister and I were talking about the other day and just laughing. I went to the biggest city of all. I stayed uh, up in Harlem and I stayed in a hostel there. And I arrived in this huge city and it was just so different to to little Sydney, Australia, even though it seemed like it would be so similar. It felt so incredibly different and just so huge. And, you know, as I was growing up, I always had this desire to go to both London and New York because I always felt that Sydney was too small for me. (laughs) Really interesting. And so I really wanted to go there. And I remember going and I was just so scared. I was just so scared of being in this big city and being all alone. And I didn't know how to deal with, you know, people calling out at you or just, it was just such a, it was so full on, like, you know, all my senses overloaded. But it ended up being the most incredible experience. and staying at a hostel was awesome because I met people and then I got to travel through the city with people and it really pushed me out of my comfort zone because I can tend to be quite shy when I'm around strangers at first. And so being forced to meet people was the perfect way for me to actually uh, go out there and, and make some introductions and start connecting. So I stayed in this hostel for about a week and then I went to the summer camp for two months. And I made some incredible friendships with people I still keep in contact with today. I had the absolute time of my life. I loved working with the incredible kids we got to work with. And we just did all the cool summer camp activities. I loved all the water sports and all of the things. And then after that, I traveled around the USA for a month. And I traveled with some of the people from my summer camp. And it was so, so, so amazing. And then I got back to Sydney and then I... I don't know what happened, but I guess I just felt like, well, it'd take so long for me to go on a trip overseas again. And it was interesting because when I went on that trip, I was actually, my intention was to go to the US and then after that to go to Europe and to um, be in Europe somewhere by myself. But I'd had a really significant family thing happen right before I left that really turned my world upside down basically. And, um, and so I wanted to come back back to Australia. But also, if I'm honest with myself, I was also really scared to go into that Europe felt like just so, uh, I don't know, so far away. And I just didn't feel confident enough. So I came back and then, you know, hashtag life happened and I was back in my lawyer job and I was, uh, you know, just focused on work and then drinking on the weekends with my friends and um, yeah, life kept going on and So it wasn't until I was in my next relationship with my uh, partner, Lou, who is my fiance today. We've been together for nine years. And so it wasn't until we got together a couple of years later that I started traveling again. We would go on a trip maybe once every year or 18 months. And it was really, really awesome to do that. Now, what was interesting is that I, when Lou and I first both met, we said that we both really wanted to travel and we'd love to live overseas somewhere. And so we were really excited that we both had that desire in our heart because it was obviously, you know, aligned for both of us to do that. So we did some, you know, two week trips, three week trips. And on my on our first overseas trip together, I went over earlier than Lou and then he met me after And I managed to lose my passport. The first day I arrived, we went out to Vegas with a, a big group of friends. And I, not knowing that you could use your driver's license as ID in another country, brought my passport and managed to have my passport stolen. And it was really awful. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to travel by myself ever again. It was because Lou's not here. And so I kept building this story of how traveling by myself is unsafe and yet always desiring to travel more than what I was able to through the relationships I'd made. So um, I did that trip and then we did another trip in Hawaii and then one day we were organizing this trip to Europe and then Lou said hey how about instead of a trip around Europe how about we just move over there and we go to London and I was incredibly scared to do it but because Lou was going to be with me I was like yes you know my my mouth just said yes before my mind had enough time to come up to speed. So then we decided to do that trip around Europe and then stay on on in London. We moved over there without jobs. Lou was looking for jobs before we went. I wanted to do a career change. So I didn't look until we got there. Lou had a harder time finding a job. So I had to end up looking quicker than I expected when we arrived. And then I took a job as a consultant in also in the legal industry. And then I was back in the corporate world pretty quickly. Once I was in the corporate world, I realized very quickly that I did not want to be there anymore. And so that was a very pivotal time in my life because I realized I want to have my own business so that I can live in the way that I want to live. And so it was just a matter of me working out what I wanted my business to be about. And so that job became a really amazing part of my journey because it gave me the ammunition to leave and, and to start the business that I have today. So while we're in London, we traveled the world. We went away at least once a month. We went to all different places in Europe. We went to the US. I went to Bali a couple of times. Like it was just so much fun. London is a really great place for traveling. Everybody's traveling. You go, you can go easily for like a weekend or a long weekend or a week. If you go on a two week trip, it's like a huge thing because you just, it's just so close to everything. Whereas in Australia, what we do over here is we would save up all of our annual leave for the whole year and then we would use it all to go on a big trip for about three weeks because it takes so long to get anywhere and then we'd maybe keep another week or just about for the Christmas period so with public holidays you wouldn't need to take a full week but anyway so that's what we'd use our four weeks of leave on each year. So it was awesome when we got to London and we had an extra week of leave. And uh, and so we just traveled and it was amazing. And I would not change a second of it. It was so great because we got to have a base in London. We got to work in London, earn money and then travel as much as we pleased. And that was super awesome. Now, one of the things that I wanted was the freedom to also be able to do as I please all the time. So I wanted complete location independence with my, with my job. I wanted to be able to work from home. I wanted financial freedom. I wanted to be able to work with who I want and be able to work cyclically with my body in my business. So I started my business and And I was building up that business and I did want to travel more because we'd have to, you know, make sure we pick dates that my partner could do with his work. And then increasingly, as we went throughout our relationship, you know, I wouldn't be able to go away at times that I wanted to because something would come up, a court case or something would come up for my partner. And then I would feel kind of annoyed because I was thinking we're here so we can travel. And, you know, now letting work get in the way, etc., etc. But at that time I was very much largely, we as a couple were dependent on my partner's salary. And so because I was so used to earning money in my life from 14, I had, I was earning income and paying for myself. And, um, and so this was, you know, almost, I don't know, over 10 years later, there I was, with my business, starting it, using our savings to start that business and with Lou earning his usual income. And so I felt very, very guilty about any kind of travel or spending. And my goal was to be able to have enough of my own money to then be able to travel and make those decisions without feeling guilt around it. And I'm sure many of you um, have felt this as well. Now and I'm and I would also say that 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 way of looking at our money was not lose way of looking at our money. That was my way. I felt guilty. I made those decisions. I didn't see it as even a possibility for me to live in any other way because I had this rule that I had to earn enough money in my business and then, you know, I don't know, pay back some of what I felt that I owed before I could then make the decisions about that. And I think that that's a really important thing theme that we can come back to later in today's conversation so then we got to the point in our journey where this started happening more frequently and i started getting more annoyed and i also started earning more money and so instead of not going on these holidays i started saying well fine i'm gonna go on the holiday by myself And I was really annoyed about doing that, but I really wanted to go on the holiday because I felt like, hey, I've worked so hard to be able to have this business, to be able to have the choice to do this and to be creating the money that I'm creating today. And so I'm going to do that because otherwise it feels like I'm not Uh, I'm working to live rather than living and then having my beautiful work, you know, on the side of my life rather than the other way around. So I started doing some solo trips. I went to Bali for a month, which was awesome. Although I did have one of my friends with me for a little bit of that. Um, however, it was so awesome because I wasn't going with Lou that then opened up the possibility for this beautiful unfolding to happen with my friend um, deciding she'd go too. And then I went to a beautiful retreat where I got to meet all of these people I knew online, but I got to see in person. It was so cool. And I just had the absolute best time again, when I arrived in Bali, I arrived in um, Uluwatu by myself in the middle of the night. And with all of the different noises to the noises that I was used to in London and in Sydney, I was kind of scared when I arrived. But then the next morning I woke up and saw that everything was totally fine. And then I felt much safer. Uh, so I I went to Bali and that felt so fun to do that. And then Lou and I ended up deciding that we wanted to head back towards Sydney so that he could finish his master's. And, um, And so we did that, got back to Sydney. And as you all know, if you have listened to my podcast episode around the time that I moved back to Sydney, that was a really, really hard transition for me because I didn't plan on moving back and staying in Sydney. I planned on we'd be in Sydney for a little bit so that Lou could finish his masters and then we would move somewhere else. I just didn't know where it would be. And so when I got back, it seemed obvious that, oh, no, actually, we might be staying in Sydney. And my physical reaction to being back in my home space was the same that I had every time I came to visit, which was I just wanted to leave immediately. I found it really, really hard being back after the excitement of London and the lifestyle of London and the incredible, you know, opportunities in London with all of the amazing events I could attend. And I just had a really incredible lifestyle in London. I lived in Angel, which is this beautiful suburb right next to Islington. I got to walk along the canal every single day, Regent's Canal. It's so amazing. I could walk into the city when I worked in the city before I quit quit my job to start my business. I um, It was like a 30 minute walk into my work and like f- 30 minutes to St. Paul's Cathedral. It was just in such a great location and so easy to get around. And I basically just always chose to walk rather than take public transport. So it was super, super cool. If I wanted to walk to Soho, it was about 40 minutes and it was just such a great location. I have the best memories of living in Angel. We were there for four years. It was the time of my life. And when I arrived back in Sydney, that is when I really realized it. I thought oh no I am not ready to be back in Sydney and I was just so excited because we went to Bali on our way back and I spent another couple of weeks in Bali too because another situation we were going to travel around for months after we left London to go back to Sydney, that was always the plan. But then again, because of Lou's study schedule and work, he needed to cut that trip short. So again, the uh, the reason I'm saying this is because it's quite clear that circumstances kept forcing me to make a decision that if I wanted to do the things that I wanna do, I needed to do it on my own. So because of that, I decided to stay in Bali for an extra two weeks. So I spent another two weeks on my own in Bali. I also did another trip to Antibes in the South of France on my own for a week. And so I ne- I didn't know this at the time, but I was preparing for- for a decision, I would ultimately end up making. So, I am back in Sydney. I'm just feeling so, I just don't want to be here. I feel complete grief over not being in London anymore. London feels like my home, the love of my life. It's where I started my business, it's where I found my purpose, I found myself. I built an incredible network of people there, and I just l- missed it so much more than I thought I would. And then here I was in Sydney. And even though by that stage I had financial independence in my business, I was still acting as if I wasn't independent. I was still acting as if I wasn't free. And it was so fascinating because I was really fighting with myself. So Lou was just living his path and following what he wanted to do. And he was really great at doing that. But I, as I came to realize being in Sydney, was constantly tr- making all of my decisions through this lens of what was possible in my relationship with my partner. And I had this realization because I was so frustrated that we didn't have another plan for continuing to travel and to for the next place we were going. And once I saw my partner feeling pretty comfortable being back in Sydney, and me then feeling like, oh, MG, I need to get out of Sydney. I started to feel this very familiar feeling that I have experienced throughout a lot of my life, which is the feeling of feeling trapped. I felt so trapped. I felt like I had no options and I was really stunned because as I started to look at where I'd felt this feeling of trapped before, when I made the decision to leave my job and to start a business. So I didn't transition. I just went all in and I wouldn't do it any other way, but it's definitely not for the faint hearted. And I often felt trapped in that situation because of the rules I'd imposed on myself about like I couldn't live the life that I wanted to live because I wasn't making enough money in my business yet. So I had this feeling of feeling trapped then, and I've had that feeling in various other moments in my life. And when anything is, you know, taking away my freedom or my independence, I tend to feel trapped when, and what is very interesting though, is that it's never the external circumstances that are making you feel trapped or that it's affecting your freedom or independence. It's your own thinking, right? So I was looking at my life and making decisions unconsciously based on what I felt would be okay within the parameters of my relationship with my partner. So I was willing to force myself to compromise on absolutely everything I wanted in my life, even though I'd created this business to allow me the freedom to have whatever I wanted. I was I was the one who was trapping myself. I was the one who was making all of these decisions as if I was the st- still the person who had an employer and had an 8 to 6 job that I needed to be in and only had a certain amount of leave. That was me and not my partner. But of course, as I first became aware of it, I was frustrated with my partner thinking he's made me come back here and now I'm here and I don't wanna be here. And then ultimately I realized I needed to turn the mirror around and have a look at who was actually trapping myself and that person was me. So there's that issue again, where you think that you need to have more money than you actually need to live the life that you want. At no time along this journey, did I not have enough money to travel the world and explore the world in the way that I wanted to. I believe I use that as an excuse because deep down, I was afraid of doing that by myself. I was afraid of making those decisions and it not working out. I was afraid of taking on the responsibility for making those decisions and then what that would mean for my life or my bank account or my relationship. So I kept placing so much Um, weight on these decisions rather than actually going to do it. So a way that my mind protected me was through the, you need to have more money piece, or you need to have my partner do it with me. So really, really interesting. Anyway, I finally had this massive realization that I was the one that was trapping myself and that I had been making all of my decisions through this lens that I couldn't even see the world of possibilities that was there before me. And then just like that, Lou got an offer to work in Cambodia. And I was so happy because I was very unhappy in um, Sydney. And I thought this would just be a really great um, distraction for me basically a way for me to explore the world. So we moved to Cambodia and we moved there for about three months and it was such an amazing experience. It was absolutely incredible, really, really interesting to explore freedom. And I did an episode about this right when I was in Cambodia, it was just such an incredible country to live in and just opened me up so, so, so much. It was so valuable. So we were in Cambodia. I was having a great time. We did some travel around other parts of Asia, and then we had a really beautiful flowing uh, way of returning to Sydney. So I didn't feel like I'd want to return to Sydney, but then all of a sudden I had this feeling of you know what, I could go back to Sydney now and not for a long time, a short time, but I could go back and, and be there for a little bit before moving on. This was February in 2020. And so the next day, we came back from a holiday after I had that conversation and my partner was like really shocked that I'd said that. And then we found out that we had a place that we could move into in Sydney that we used to live in. That would be um, just a really easy way of us traveling back to to Sydney. And so I knew that that was a sign and we decided to take it. And then ultimately I had no idea about COVID at that stage and what it would turn into. And so Of course, it was all unfolding perfectly because then I had a space that I knew to live in, in Sydney with enough space to set up an office for myself. The first office with a closed door I'd had in all of my business so far. And, um, and I got to be in a suburb that I absolutely love living in Alexandria here in Sydney is a beautiful suburb. There's lots of cool cafes and it's just like beautiful and leafy and really, really pretty. So, and also close to the city and all of the things as well, which I always love and appreciate. So I'm back in Sydney and even though I wanted to be there and it flowed for me to be there, as soon as I came back again, I was feeling really unhappy with being there. So that went on and it was very consistent, this feeling of feeling trapped. And then I was feeling incredibly frustrated And, but again, not giving myself permission to change the circumstances that I was in. So it was only until I received an invitation from one of my favorite coaches, Brooke Castillo, that she was doing an event in the U.S. that I had a coaching session with one of my coaches at the time and said, you know, this is something that I would really, really love to do, um, but I just don't think that I can do it. And we had a great session and we spoke a lot about my relationship and how I was sort of what I was making it mean when I wanted to travel by myself and what that meant for my relationship through my lens my coach was so great because she'd had a lot of experience of traveling separately from her partner. And she made me, um, got me to see that it wasn't a decision between my relationship and travel. It was, hey, just allow each of you to walk your own path and to um, have that sort, sort of freedom in your relationship that you're, it's so free and you're so liberated, you're able to walk your unique path and you will both support each other in that, which to be honest was all uh, my partner had had ever said. It's just that I had not been willing to ask for what I want up until that stage. And the reason I wasn't willing to do that is because I wasn't actually aware that that is what I Was doing. Like, I didn't realize I knew what I wanted, but I didn't realize I was limiting myself or that I even had the option to do these things. It was so, so, so fascinating. So, anyway, with the help of my coach, I decided on that call that I would go to the US, I would book this ticket, and I would go to the USA and I would do a trip around the USA for three to four weeks by myself and do the travel that I'd always wanted to do around the USA. Anyway, so I get to the US. I went to Austin in Texas. It was so awesome. And then I went to Dallas to go to the conference that I with um, with Brooke Castillo. And as I arrived in Dallas, the afternoon before the conference, I get an email from Brooke, letting us all know that the conference has been canceled because of the recent events. And I was completely oblivious because I don't like to watch the news or read the news. And I just rely on the fact that if there's something worth knowing, I'll know about it. So by this stage, I was aware of COVID, but I really didn't, wasn't aware of the severity of it. So, I then arrive in Dallas and receive this message, and I was thinking, what on earth is going on? Only to find that New York is in a state of emergency, and now it's been recommended that everybody go into lockdown. And here I am in the USA, and all of this is happening. So, I was in my Airbnb. Um, I didn't go to the conference because it was cancelled, and I ended up just going to Whole Foods and getting a bunch of food, not knowing that that was a really smart choice because there would be no food available after the that. And um, and then I just holed up in the Airbnb, did some meditation, did some research, watched some stuff, um, did a lot of research about what was happening with COVID and then formulated my, my next steps. So I decided then to go to LA as I had planned because I already had the flight booked. I met one of my clients and then literally within the next day, the whole place was shut down. So everything happened really, really quickly. And there was so much, unknown. And then my, my flight back to Australia got canceled and then it got booked and then canceled again. And everybody was really uh, worried. So I eventually decided, well, I can't go anywhere. I tried to get food at a Whole Foods again in LA and like there was nothing on the shelves. And so I just decided, look, this is going to be like, not, not fun anyway. So I may as well go back home and, you know, not risk not being able to travel back home. So I got a flight earlier and ended up coming back. And I think in total, I ended up being away for just over a week. So that was my big trip to the USA. And it was so funny because then when I had my coaching session with my coach, she was like, well, why did your inner voice tell you to go then? And I was just so trusting. I was like, Because I had to, I had to have that experience of deciding to go and then getting over there and seeing that even in the face of a pandemic, even when everything went like not according to plan, I was still okay the whole time. I was so relaxed and peaceful. I knew everything was okay. I really felt just. I just felt so connected to myself and the universe. And I never for a second doubted that anything was going wrong. So I didn't know it then, but this, as I'm talking about it, was training again for my the next decision I was going to make. So obviously I get back to Sydney and I feel really, really grateful to be there and to be back in a comfortable place with my partner when the whole world is going through something um, completely new to all of us for the first time. So I come back and I'm feeling, yeah, I feel good to be in Sydney. It's, it feels great and, um, and I'm very distracted by everything that's going on in the world as you all probably were as well. And then that, so I felt pretty satisfied being in Sydney and I, it, the option of traveling was off the table so I also felt some like freedom and liberation just because travel was off the table. It was like I came to realize how much traveling had become an obsession of mine, thinking about where I would go next, organizing my next trip, um, worrying about travel, like just So much of my thinking had been occupied by traveling, and suddenly it was like, Well, you just there's no point thinking about any of that because you can't do it. And so, suddenly, I had all of this space and this free time, and I was like, Whoa, this is actually really nice. It was actually kind of stressful, and now I can just relax and be present with where I am. And so, that was a really special time. However, of course, later. Those same feelings of feeling trapped and feeling irritable and restless and bored and really, really wanting to get out and about and explore the world came back again. One of the biggest ways it shows up for me is I really feel like there's not something in my life that's just for me. I would feel like I have my work, of course, which I love but where is that time for me? Like I felt like I'm living in Sydney because I have to be living in Sydney. I'm also here for my partner because then ultimately he ended up getting a job in Sydney that he really loved that was aligned with his purpose. And so now he is tied in Sydney and um, and so – that kind of contributed to this feeling because I was starting to see people to travel again, but I didn't feel like I could travel. And actually in Australia we have a travel ban, um, but you could get seek permission to travel. So then there was an interesting series of events where I got really frustrated again and realized, whoa, you're the only one who's limiting yourself. And Lou and I had many lengthy discussions about what we could do, how we could make this work for both of us. And we decided that, hey, if I want to travel, then I can travel and Lou will just, you know, meet me where he can, whether that's for a holiday or whether it's later down the track. But we should both walk our own unique paths. Path. And that was a really, really difficult decision to make because I felt, as I know so many of you will resonate with, I felt immense guilt once again for choosing to do something that w- would not allow both of us to be physically together. I felt like I was a bad woman. Like I was doing something wrong. I was a bad partner. And what was so fascinating for me was to explore how my partner was approaching all of this because he was following his unique path without regard for my path. It's not that he was doing something wrong. It's that he was like, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to do this and then he, you know, he did expect that I would probably come with him, but he wasn't requiring me to do that. I was not voicing what I wanted, and that's why I was feeling so trapped and helpless and frustrated. So it was only once I started to voice and become aware of what I actually wanted and then and and let my partner know that this was something seriously I wanted to do that we started to look for ways that we could make that it work for both of us and that's where we decided okay you can go and follow your path He'll follow his path. We'll both support one another, and um, and we'll just you know make it work, right? We'll just let it unfold and see how it goes. So from that place, I then had this really beautiful flow of events that some of you will remember at from the end of last year, where I had this opportunity to go to London. I had been thinking I just want to go back to London and as soon as I can go back to London I'm going to go back and then I had one of my friends talk about how she had a spare room in her place now available and when she told me about that I thought how funny that would be so awesome imagine if I could live there that would be perfect. But at that stage, I wasn't seriously considering going back anytime soon. So I left that for a while and she still didn't have a person in her place. And then one day I'd mentioned that I wanted to go back to London. And so she said, hey, well, if you want to go back to London and we don't have someone in our place, maybe you could live here. And I was like an absolute yes when I heard that. And I was super excited. And then I told her about, you know, what sort of time frame I was thinking of um, moving over. And it wasn't going to be until the new year. And so by that stage, I think it was like the end of October slash November. So it felt like, well, that's a long time to wait for someone to move into this place. But she ended up saying, well, let's just see. So she spoke to her landlord and then the landlord ended up saying, actually, the dates and times Letitia wants to come over for would really work for me. And so then they asked me, do you want to do it? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I do want to do it. And it was making that decision was such a big one because I felt, again, so much guilt for making a decision to move away from my partner. And it was interesting because my partner even though he had, you know, gone out of his way to think of a solution of how we could both have what we wanted, when I told him look I'm actually going to do it, he was really like he was upset about it as he would be, but I guess part of him didn't really think I'd go through it. And I think that is one of the important things here that I've learned. You have to if you want something, you have to go for it no matter what. It was like when I started my business, right? When I leaped into starting a business full time, I had to make that decision. No one else could make it for me. And I had to back myself and I had to move through the guilt of doing that. And I had to, um, yeah, really, I couldn't leave it to anybody else to help me make that leap. And so here it was again. And so I was so excited and I just knew it was 100% right. My inner voice was giving me all the green lights and so was the universe. So I breathed through that guilt and I started to organize my trip. The next piece was getting permission from the Australian government to leave. And everybody around me was telling me I wouldn't get the permission and I didn't have a good reason. (laughs) The reason that I put in my application was simply that I missed London. I hadn't been able Able to return after living there for four years for over a year and I was really missing all my friends and family there. Anyway, I almost didn't put in the application because I was embarrassed to make that application and I was also scared of actually being accepted and then one day I decided, okay, I'm going to put it in and I really had zero expectation it, it would get accepted, but within 24 hours I had a response saying it had been granted because I was going over for longer than three months. So I had another green light from the universe and then everything happened pretty quickly. I started preparing everything for it. And I was I I booked my flight like everything was set to leave. Um, I think it was like six to eight weeks after by that stage. And I was just so super duper excited. My energy came alive. I just felt just like everything lifted and everything opened. I ended up having the biggest launch I've ever had in my business. I had an 80k launch, which was so amazing. I was experiencing so much flow all around me, even though I still had people around me saying, well, why would you go over there when when there's COVID? And also I was still grappling with those feelings of guilt, but there was so much flow and I knew 100% that this is what I was meant to do. And then right before Christmas, the UK had the second strain happen. And so their daily number of cases went from 16,000 all the way up to between 50 and 60,000. And I was just observing all of this. And I also observed that when I found out that I couldn't possibly go, I felt a sense of relief and I, which I felt was really curious. Now, as I look back, I realize that that again was my feeling that need for safety, right? Feeling like what I'm doing when I travel isn't safe. But I didn't make a decision from that place. I decided that I would wait to see what unfolded. And I kept checking in with my inner voice and it kept saying that all is well and that it also doesn't matter whether I stay or whether I go. And so I wasn't getting an answer like yes or no, whether I should go. My inner voice kept saying like it doesn't matter either way. So I just left it and I decided I wouldn't I would wait until right before I was meant to go to make the decision. So ultimately, I ended up making the decision only a few days before I was meant to go. And I decided that I would not go ahead because by that stage, I had decided that why would I go over when it was really stressful for me to go over? I was likely to be in lockdown for months. And it also didn't feel like the responsible thing to do. And my inner voice had said, it doesn't matter whether I go or whether I don't. So ultimately I decided that it wasn't right for me to go and I decided to stay in Sydney. And it was really beautiful that it did unfold in this way, even though I was disappointed because I then got to enjoy Sydney for the first time since I've been back. It was over Christmas and New Year's and January in the beautiful summer And I got to go to the beach every day and I just absolutely loved hanging out in Sydney. It was really, really fun and I couldn't believe that I was actually enjoying myself so much. I also got to sort out a number of other issues that were happening in my life at that time and it just really felt that it was actually perfect that I was still in Sydney So there I was enjoying Sydney and not really thinking about what I was going to do in terms of travel next, because it just didn't feel like it was a possibility. I also felt like it was such a big thing to get me to make the decision to go and then to ultimately not go. I just wasn't ready to put myself through that again. Also, we'd had a um, a COVID outbreak in Sydney. So part of Sydney was put into lockdown over Christmas, New Year, and then it affected, you know, any travel. Travel um, outside of our state, so it was also, you know, a bit of a gamble to book any travel within New South Wales. So here I was, feeling good about being in Sydney, and then preparing to go back to work because I had a month off. So then I was focused on all of the things involved with starting back again. And we started off our mistress mind. I had all of our strategy calls and our inner voice calls. And then I had all of our strategy sessions for my mentorship. So there was a lot going on when I first came back to my business. And so that first you know, couple of three weeks, they really flew by. And I guess sort of distracted me, kept me focused on something else other than the travel. And then... Once again, I started to feel those familiar feelings of feeling trapped, feeling frustrated. Feeling like I was living to work. And then I started not enjoying Sydney as much. I mean, I was still enjoying Sydney, but just not as much. The yoga studio that I go to all the time, I love going. It's a 25 minute walk. So I get a 50 50 minute walk in each day and I get to go to an hour and a half class. I started to, uh, just their system with scheduling wasn't working for me. I kept getting like late fees because I'd book late when I changed my mind. And so I was clocking up all of these late fees slash cancellation fees and um, and I started to get kind of a little bit bored because I was doing sort of the same routine in each class and I was feeling like I was ready for something else but not knowing what. And so I guess like my ties to Sydney started to like loosen again. And then I so I what I did was I decided that I really wanted to make sure I had time to travel in my diary for each month. For the first six months of the year, I'm working in a way where I have like regular group calls. But then in the last six months of the year, I won't be having regular calls. So I'm going to have more freedom to move around. And that's where travel is going to be a priority for me. So I was looking at, well, how can I make sure that I am prioritizing myself and doing things that feel fun um, while I have this schedule? So I started looking at what I could do and I decided each month I'm gonna take a week off so that I can travel. And so I put this all in my diary. I spent all this time like planning it out and then I got excited and decided that I would book a trip for the month of February to Byron Bay. So I was looking at Byron Bay and, uh, and getting really excited about that. I'd found a place, I'd found a flight and then I looked at it and saw that there were thunderstorms and then by that stage my mom had also said that she would come on this first trip with me so I realized that there were going to be thunderstorms the whole time I was in Byron Bay and so and my mom was like she didn't want to go to Byron Bay with the thunderstorms I didn't either I was tempted still to go because something inside me really wanted to go to Byron Bay but we ended up deciding we'd go to the Blue Mountains. so we booked that in but I was still not satisfied my my soul kept coming back to Byron Bay. It was like, but why aren't we going to Byron Bay? And it was really upset. And it was like, but what about Byron Bay, Byron Bay, Byron Bay? And so I decided to chat with my inner voice about this because I thought here I have, I've organized this whole schedule so I can take one week off every single month and i've booked this trip and now you're still not satisfied and i'm like and what's with the byron bay thing so i decided to have an hour long conversation with my inner voice about byron bay and it said to me that i just want to travel i just want to travel and and byron bay is going to be your first stop and so i thought oh I could travel around Australia. I didn't need to wait until international borders open up again. I could actually start traveling and living in the way that I want to live right now from Australia. I could travel around Australia because part of what I want to do is to just live somewhere for a couple of weeks, a few months, and then as my inner voice decides, then move on to another location, but ultimately to, b- to continue moving on and exploring the world. That has been my desire for a very long time. So I had that inner voice session with myself and I received that guidance. And then I went and chatted to Lou about it. And I told him like what I was thinking and what was coming through. And he said something that was really surprising to me. He said, Well, you should go. You've got to go. And I was really shocked because I thought, oh, wow, I'm getting this green light from Lou as well, which was alleviating my issue that I had around feeling guilty for wanting to walk my unique path. Okay, so that happens. And then I decided I'd book in an inner voice session with an inner voice facilitator, one of my peers from um, IVFT. So I booked in an inner voice session and I had the most incredible inner voice dialogue with myself, where my inner voice just show, showed me that the way that I explore myself, as in myself, is through travel that's why I love it so much and it's part of why I'm here I'm here to travel now this was so incredible for me to hear and it just it showed me this visual which was like me in a lagoon and like finding Nemo almost but I was like finding myself and there was this visual of me like finding something and then like seeing myself and like this was what happened when I would be traveling now this was really really incredible because I also have felt so incredibly guilty T for, not, uh, for wanting to travel. When I speak to my friends and family, I just feel like they're like, why can't you get over this travel? O- obviously that's me judging myself, but that's what I'm projecting onto them. And it's really fascinating because since I've returned to Sydney, I've also had in one of my friendship groups, almost all of the people in there have are all pregnant right now. And so I've also had this other like story going around my head that if we wanna have children, we have to have children now and then at the same time me feeling really annoyed if I was to start having a family now not to have lived in the way that I've wanted to live before doing that even though of course like we can't plan these things and it's also not true that I need to have a child right now but all of this was very it's just it's just so perfect right see how all of this is so perfectly aligned to get you to make the decisions you need to make so that you can actually walk the That you're here to walk. So, my inner voice tells me, shows me that it also shows me that you know, you don't need to plan the whole thing. Just go to the next step. And it was saying that next step for me is Byron Bay. So that is why I've had this urge to go to Byron Bay because it's where I meant to go first. And just to take it one step at a time, don't try to plan the whole thing, just go to Byron Bay and then take the next step from there. And then I we asked my inner voice about what this meant for my relationship because my big mind fear is that I feel like I'm choosing between my relationships relationship. relationship and where my soul wants me to go, which is to travel. And even though it's not how I want it to be, it's to travel on my own as well. So it's really interesting because all of the times when it's involved other people, it hasn't gone ahead. But the times where I am going by myself, it has, which is really interesting. So it then told me that a, the way that we're looking at relationships is so limiting. It was taught, it showed me how when you have a friendship, you don't, Control the friendship. You don't look at where's this friendship going? How long are we going to be together for? And you also, there's more freedom in friendship, right? It's like you can allow each other to be your own person, to walk your own paths, and you're still there, right? You still have a relationship. And so it was saying, you know, relationships are there not to be controlled, but to be experienced, enjoyed, and witnessed. And it showed me that, like, you don't know what's going to unfold with your relationship and you never will but you do know that there are possibilities and so you're you're either going to stay here and be resentful of not walking your path or you're going to walk your path and allow Lou to walk his path and then you're going to make it up as you go along it may end up in one direction another direction another one like the possibilities are infinite but they're infinite anyway and so stop trying like stop spending all of this time trying to control the relationship and where it's going and how, and instead take those next paths that you both know you need to take and allow the relationship to emerge and become what it's meant to be on its own. That is freedom. This was so incredibly empowering to me because I realized in that moment just how limiting the way that we look at relationships truly are. Now, this has been something that's been in the back of my mind for a while now, but it seemed to all come into clarity and into my awareness in this moment where it was like we have been sold. Like, just look at almost especially like US um, television and movies, there's so much pressure and conditioning around needing to be in a relationship for starters needing to you know buy a home and and have a family and needing to you know do everything together and live this certain story and unfortunately for women in that story, it often ends with many women deciding to give up on some of those desires so that they can have all of these things. And of course, this is a result of our patriarchal conditioning, which hasn't allowed us to make our own decisions or to earn our own money for, you know, only a small amount of time. So we all have this conditioning as women, when we do make decisions to walk our own path and to have financial freedom, like we find ways to then limit ourselves because we don't feel deserving of that because we've been told for however long the patriarchy's (laughs) been running for we we have learned that that is not right so we find ways to constrain ourselves and that is exactly what I had been doing to myself but then blaming it on Lou because he wasn't wanting to walk the exact same path as me so here I am having these huge huge realizations and then I it was just so incredibly flowy I then walked up I decided to go take myself out for breakfast I went to a new cafe and the lady there who served me she asked me like how my day was and I said it was great and then she asked me why it was so great and I said well I've just made a big decision because I decided I was gonna go to Byron Bay and do the travel around around Australia and then the rest of the world when I can and um and and the reason it's a big decision is because I am, I'm going to do that, but my partner isn't. And we've decided that we'll just do that and walk our own path in this way. And then she said, oh my gosh, it's just so, uh, it's so annoying how society expects us to move around as this one, you know, unit in our relationships and she said how she had been feeling trapped without being able to travel and anyway we just had this beautiful conversation and I was like oh my gosh this is just so validating and then so it was so funny I then had a message from one of my friends who I told her about my decision and she said when I spoke last week after our conversation I kept thinking to myself why is Letitia not going to Byron Bay why is she not going to Byron Bay and we hadn't even spoken about Byron Bay. So it was really, really incredible. And then one of my other friends had reflected that, you know, the way I keep talking about it is like, it's either my relationship or the travel. And like, that is something based on, you know, my own life experiences and also my conditioning and that that wasn't really the case as well. And then later that same day, I had a consult call booked in with a health coach who I had signed up for the consult call. She was someone in Sydney. I didn't even really know why. (laughs) I'd signed up for this consult call, but as I got onto the call with her, I knew why we were deeply connected on so many different areas that had nothing to do with health. And one of those was she (laughs) mentioned that she travels for six months of the year she's in a relationship. She has two children. They spend six months of the year like traveling and the kids come with her and her partner doesn't because her partner has a nine to five job as well, where they're committed to being in the, a physical location, which is Sydney. And so she spends six months of the year in Sydney and then the other six months of the year traveling around the world. And it was just such a beautiful, expansive example for me of why I don't need to choose one or the other how I can have it all and that it's more than possible so that was just so incredible and like this is what happens right Especially for those of you who are manifesting generators or generators, like you're going to get green lights from the universe. You're going to get things that just flow in and they're going to confirm when something is right for you to move forward and act on. So that day was so incredible. And then I also had a Reiki session booked in for later that day, because apparently when I booked all this stuff in, I knew on some level what was going to happen. So then I was able to really like ground my energy after (laughs) this really like, Incredible high vibe day. It was so amazing. And then the other thing that happened was that even though I'd had all this clarity and all this amazingness come through, I also had really, really painful uh, lower back pain and hip pain, right? And this is something that I realized I'd had quite frequently ever since I'd made the decision not to go to London. And so here I was making this expansive decision, and yet my body is holding on with all of this tension. And I came to realize that that safety piece that I've been talking about is just so real for my body and my subconscious mind. It's really so incredibly frightened of me taking this adventure of me following my path. And so that was really beautiful. And then I had one of my incredible clients flow in to be the perfect person to do a really amazing hypnotherapy, RTT, rapid transformational therapy with me on this very topic. So like, this is how like life can be when you're really in the flow and listening, like all of this divine guidance just comes through. And I know that this is kind of, (laughs) it's like, why don't you just do all these things? But we don't, know this at the time, right? Like this is all in hindsight and that is life. This is how life unfolds. So needless to say, I made this big decision to finally just do it to walk my path. And it was also so fascinating because a couple of weeks before that I had actually ordered all of this office equipment for my office. I I ordered a standing desk, a huge desktop, uh, all of these bits and pieces, bells and whistles. I was getting art framed for my office. I bought this awesome new pink amethyst crystal, which is so beautiful. And then I started receiving all of these things. And just like every time I keep buying like new pieces, for the home, for this base that I thought that I wanted, I just feel this sense of this isn't even right. And often I had a lot of trouble like deciding on the pieces too, which was a pretty big sign. So here I am (laughs) with all of this stuff arriving and just deciding this isn't what I want. I also had decided to sign up for a coaching certification, which is really expensive, something to like further my coaching studies. And then after signing up for that, I was like, this isn't right either. So fortunately, I was able to refund all of these things I just bought. I was able to withdraw from the the coaching certification because I had like a cooling off period. And I decided the only thing I want to do is travel. And this is what I am seeking. And all of these other things just aren't going to like fill that hole of what I actually want here. So it was awesome. Sometimes you have to do things that you actually don't want to do to realize what you do want to do. And then I went to the Blue Mountains with my mum, and then had this wild incident where the place had like it was it had it was covered in spider webs. And then on our second night, I had this huge spider in my bedroom, which we just like couldn't sleep there anymore. It was too we were just too freaked out about it. We were too worried, you know, it would come in in the middle of the night. And then we so we decided we'd leave we were able to get a refund on the Airbnb again which was really awesome and then we ended up going back early and then with all of that I decided all right, I need to book in my trip to Byron Bay right now because I was kind of frustrated that I'd again taken off, uh, taken a week to myself to travel, and then that was cut short. So see, every single time I tried to do something with someone else, it didn't work out, and the reason for that is because what I actually need to do is to do this by myself. I've really been feeling for a while now that I also just need to go inward. I need to take time to myself. I need to be by myself and I need to take this step for myself. I don't know why I can guess, I I don't know why I'm being called on this path, but all I know is that I am and I have found every excuse under the sun not to do the thing that I'm being called to do. And it's absolutely fascinating because over the past week, I've had many people's different conversations bring up how incredible it is what I've created with my business. Asking me, how did I have the confidence to take that leap into my business? How have I managed to build such a successful, a successful business? Because they know how hard that is to do that in terms of like the belief you have to have in yourself. And as I was answering these questions, I was just reflecting on just how brave I am and how I've already been so courageous and walked my own path and how this is just another extension of that and how I need to trust because I know that when I trust, amazing things happen for me and I need to allow myself to live my dream, to live what I want and I'm the only person on this planet who can allow myself to do that. So I just, I then booked in a Airbnb to stay for a month in Byron Bay. I booked a one-way ticket and my plan is to go there for the month to go inward of, of course, I still have some things that I'll be doing in my business, including my incredible client calls, which I love so much, but otherwise I'm just going to be really chilling. Like I'm not expecting anything from myself. I'm going to take time to just be with myself. And then I ended up having an incredible reading done in the Blue Mountains. We drove back up for the day to go for this tea talk and tarot with this awesome lady. Her name's Jacqueline, and she gave me an amazing reading. And for those of you who know tarot, I had um, one of the final cards in the um, major arcana tarot pack that doesn't mean anything to me but it it definitely did to my reader and she so basically there's um like five different like like kind of what are they called suits of cards there's four in one pack there's like the swords and the wands and the pentacles and i don't know what the other one is and then there's another pack that she pulls from which is the akana or the major akana anyway the card that came out for me i had six cards but one of them was the last card in that pack and it says the world and um and what she described to me is that i'm now at this end of not a chapter in my life but a volume and and I'm about to start a new volume. And the way that I get there is through letting go whatever has been keeping me up at night for like years or however long it's been going for. And I knew immediately that what it was talking about was all of my worries, all of my concerns about traveling and walking my own path and what this means for my relationship and the guilt that I feel and all of this stuff. It was... Um, one of the swords cards, which is all about the mind. And it was, you are the only person punishing yourself. You're the person who is putting yourself through this misery this despair and you don't need to do that anymore you've got to let it go so I had that and I had this card showing me that you know I am like about to shine in my full potential like I'm right there the reading's done for like the next three to six months of your life and it's like when you do that it's this is what's going to happen. And then I also had one of the cards was the hermit, which is all about the way that I allow myself to um, to have to shine in my full potential and to, to have all these amazing things that are on my path is when I spend time inward, right? And it doesn't mean that I need to sit in the cave by myself, but it does mean I need time to be by myself. And that's exactly what I've been craving through travel. I used to move around a lot as a kid, like by the time I was 20. I'd lived in about 20 places. And, um, So I I guess I've learned that too, like when I move and shift my environment, it like helps with my energy. And and actually it is something that I I do enjoy. I love the energy of a new place, right? I love new surroundings and how that allows me to like discover another layer about myself and learn from myself. And it's just so amazing. So I had this incredible uh, reading and it was showing just all of these amazing things that were really confirming to me. And it also showed how um, something else I've been feeling is my business is evolving. So I am planning to, I'll still be keeping up a lot of the things that I'm doing, but we're sort of bringing on a new like arm of the business that's going to be different. I haven't done what we're going to be doing before. And that's what I'm preparing for. And, um, And so it confirms that, you know, I've sort of, outgrown where my business has got to. And like, now I'm ready for something like the next thing. And it was, and she mentioned that it was kind of like the way I felt when I left law and started my business. And I have been feeling like this shift coming. And so I just know that I need space to really help me Uh, to to move into whatever this next like branch of my business is going to be which as I mentioned I've got some ideas but who knows it with the space uh, it may evolve into something different and I'm sure it will be. So then the next day I went to my local um, brunch spot to get some takeaway brunch because I was really tired and hungry and I didn't want to cook for myself and go shopping and all of the things. So I went to get takeaway brunch, which is something that I rarely ever do. I ordered my food and the lady said, what is your name? And I said, Letitia. And then she was like typing it in and she said, oh, you know, autocorrect. And I laughed and I said, "What? What's it autocorrecting to?" Because I always, I uh, used to autocorrect my name to lettuce, and I used to find that really funny. Anyway, she said, um, "Oh no, it, it's just auto-corrected to let go," and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Let go?" She's like, "Yes." And I said, that is so (laughs) just so incredible. I said, yesterday I went and got a reading. And one of the main messages from that was to let go. And that day, every time my mind started going into the stories again, I just been saying, let go, let go, let go. So that was also another really confirming sign that I am on the right path. So There you have it, my beautiful friends. This is what I wanted to share. And the reason I wanted to share this whole big, long story with you is because, as we can see, some of these themes in our life. When you sit down to talk about them, to think about them, like some of the discoveries I've made have just come through speaking this out to you all. This has been something that I have been contending with for most of my life, giving myself permission to walk the path that I wanna walk. And to be able to make up my own rules of what that means for the relationship that I want to create, which by the way, one of my number one values in our relationship and, and is the same for my partner is freedom, freedom to be our own people, to walk our own path and to have a relationship that supports that growth. And, you know, the I can't think of what the right word is, but it's when society tells you things should be otherwise and when you have so many people who just love you, who you are easily influenced by as well, telling you out of fear and love for you that what you're doing, is, like you should be careful about what you're doing, that rubs off on you, right? And it really affects the decisions you're making. And especially in the TV and things that we consume, all of these stories, just be careful, just watch. It's all about needing to be in a relationship, the desire for love, having your person there, that's what makes things safe, that we have so much of this messaging. And what I'm now really keen to do is to be an example of what a liberated, free relationship can look like. But the only person who can allow you to have that even in your relationship when your partner loves you, like Lou would never have like made this happen for me, right? He never would have been like, I'm going to book the trip for you and force you to go. I had to be the one to recognize what I desire, to be willing to ask for it and to choose myself even when it means my relationship and the way I show up in that relationship might look different to what other relationships and society tells you is how things should be. So my beautiful friends, this is why I wanted to share this big, long story with you all. I have not yet moved to Byron Bay for the start of my adventure as I begin to flow around Australia and the world, but I am about to. I'm a few days away from leaving to do that. I'm just going to take it one step at a time. But I do have this feeling within me that only came after I would made all of the big decisions that this is what I'm stepping into and I think it's going to be a more permanent way of being than what I originally thought, but that was perfect because it allowed me to actually make the decision to do it. So there you go, everybody. I'm interested in continuing this conversation over on Instagram at Letitia Ringe. I would love to know what has sparked your curiosity or expansion in your thinking about travel, relationships, and anything else that was mentioned in today's episode. I'd love to know what's been sparked for you. And also, if you've got anything to share with us on expansive examples of relationships that are unfolding in a way that might look different to the status quo, I'd also really love to hear from you. And um, of of course, if anyone has recommendations for Byron Bay or anything else, I am all ears. I love, love, love you all so much. And I really hope that this has been of service to you all today. All right, my beautiful friends, I will keep you updated and talk to you in the next episode. Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz you'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive. Just head over to www.letisharange.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.